Hey everyone, welcome to the Coastal Podcast. I'm Pastor Lucas Granger and want to say thank you for listening in. May this podcast bring some light to your world today. Enjoy grace and peace. Thank you, Pastor. Good morning. It's good to see everybody this morning. And, of course, it's always good to be with you. Praise the Lord. Uh, well, this is a, a holiday, and it's a Memorial Day. And so thank you, brother, for letting me be able to speak on a, a holiday. Uh, Memorial Day, you know, it's, um, God bless all of our veterans here and uh, in the entire world. And uh, God also bless the, the families that have lost, you know, loved ones uh, in the war and uh, fighting for us. I, I really, truly believe that... Um, if you're going to sign up for, to be in the military, I think that, I really believe that it, it's got to be out of love for something, amen? I think that most people that sign up, um, they do it because they love their country. Uh, I think they do it because uh, they love their families and they love you, they love each other. But the whole purpose, I think, of going off to fight in a war or to fight for your country is because you love. And so today I want to speak to you about love. Uh, to kind of title my message, What Happened to All the Love? Amen? Amen? What Happened to All the Love? If you will, turn your Bibles this morning first. Um, we're going to go right into uh, Matthew 22, and we're going to look at uh, verse 37. You know, before I get there, while you turn, you know, the Bible says that there's no greater love than the one who would lay down his life for another. Amen? And that's what I see the soldiers, like I said, the fallen soldiers have done. They have laid their lives down for for you and their families. But let's look what Jesus says in uh, Matthew 22, verse 37. Let me pray first. Father, Lord, we're grateful today that God were able to come, Lord, to this place and worship you. Father, we're grateful, most importantly, for, Lord, the love that you have placed in our hearts. Today, God, I would pray, Lord, that you would touch every single person in this room and all those that may hear it, Lord. But God, let us feel your love. We can't live without it. And we thank you for all you've done. And thank you for filling us with your great love. Amen. So in verse 37, Jesus replied. He said, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart. With all of your soul and all of your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. So I like it when Jesus said, he says, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart. And when you think about that, and I have thought about that many times, all of my heart. And I'm like, you know, you know, you love your family, you love someone, you're like, okay, I love you, all of my heart. He's talking about unconditionally, amen, with everything that is within you. I remember when I first met my wife, we, we were dating for a little while, and, uh, and, uh, well, I had just been through a relationship, and it kind of went sour. And, and I guess as men, sometimes you don't want to be with anybody else, you know. But I, I know it was a miracle because God sent her to me, amen. And, but anyways, we spent some time together, and then I started falling in love. And I didn't want to fall in love. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I am not falling in love. And I don't know, I guess she had some southern way about her that I fell in love. And I really didn't want to do that. But I couldn't fight it any longer, amen. 
So one night we were sitting on the dock, courting. And uh, I told her, I said, uh, I need something, I got something I need to tell you. She said, well, what is it? I said, oh, I think I'm falling in love with you. And she said, I think I'm falling in love with you too. And I was like, uh-oh. But what I'm trying to get at is I failed it, and I couldn't get away from it. But what I did know was the way I felt and the way I was feeling like that I loved her, I felt like that I wanted to be with her, that I wanted to spend time with her. And I didn't want to be apart from her. And I felt like when we were together that we could love one another like we should be, you know, love one another. So, so when Jesus says that, all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind, that's what he wants from us. And I like also, because he says, look in the next verse. He says in verse 39, and a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Amen? Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law of all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So when we think about our neighbor, who is your neighbor? Is it just the person that lives next door to you? No. That's, that's, that's your neighbor. And then probably most of us, that's the one we really can't get along with. But what Jesus is saying is your neighbor is those people that are around you. The, that, the people that you see and the people you come in contact with every day. That's your neighbor. And that's who he's wanting us to love. It's kind of hard to love some people, I guess, a lot of times, unless you truly feel like you know them. Now, there's a different love than you, maybe you love your, your wife and your parents, but in, in some ways, truly not. Because I'm talking about unconditional love, where you love them, like Jesus wants us to love them. So it's very important. That's the second command, is to love your neighbor as yourself. I remember I was praying one day, and I was asking the Lord, well, I was talking to the Lord, and I was telling him, um, I was like, Lord, I love you. And I, was, I said, Lord, I love you so much, and I, I truly love you. And, and I said, Lord, I want, I want you to love me even more. And I remember the Lord spoke to me. He said, he said, that depends upon me. He said that my love for you is unconditional. But so that love truly depends on you. So it kind of opened my eyes, and he was telling the truth. He loves me more than I could ever, ever imagine. And today, he loves you the same way. You can't even imagine how much love that Christ has for you. Then I, so I kind of opened my eyes a little bit. I said, I can understand that a little bit. But what, I was, what he was trying to tell me was, it depends on the time I spend with him. It depends on the, the, the amount of, uh, I guess, of time in prayer and the time just contemplating on him, the time of worshiping him. But I'll tell you this, the more time that you spend with the Lord, the closer that you will feel that He is to you. Even though I don't know if, he, if there's any more closeness, but that's when you feel His presence and His love is when you are spending time with God. Hallelujah. So if you want to feel more of the Lord, spend time with Him. I've talked to a lot of Christian people, and I've talked to a lot of people, because the older you get, the more people you talk to. You ever figure that out? I've talked to a lot of people. But I've talked to a lot of Christian people that have walked with the Lord for years and years. And can you believe one of the things they tell me that it's just kind of hard to believe? They say, you mean you've heard from the Lord? The Lord has spoken to you? And they say, I've never heard the Lord speak to me. Now, I'm not talking about like audibly or I'm talking about just, they say they never heard the Lord ever speak to them or tell them. If you're not hearing the Lord speak to you, 
I want to encourage you today, spend some time on a riverbank somewhere. Just you and the Lord. You don't have to try to think about what you're going to talk to Him about. You think about and talk to Him about what's on your heart. Give Him time. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about today too a little bit, if we got time. Is we're in this fast pace today, people. And I can tell you that because I'm up here and that's the way I am. Fast pace, fast pace, fast pace. Can't slow down. But we need to slow down and spend time with the Lord. And hear from the Lord. Hallelujah. That's a good place for a hallelujah right there. Hallelujah. hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Let's get this thing going. Praise the Lord. But anyways, so he said that was equally important with being with your neighbor and love your neighbor. Sometimes, you know, you need to bake your neighbor a cake and you want to, don't, you want to bake it, you want to put something in it like nails or something because you feel like... I, but the best thing you can do at times is when somebody does something wrong to you, you do what the Lord says. You be good to them. And you do good to them. And what happens is they find out there's something different in you that maybe they don't even have. Be like Jesus. What, so, like I said, what happened to all the love? When we were growing up, I uh, have a big family. I have four sisters. Oh, my God. And two brothers. So that's a total of seven children and mom and dad. So nine people in a real small house with one bathroom. Y'all should pray for me. But my mom would always say, when we were getting ready to go anywhere, I don't care if it's just running to the storage, she'd say, go in there and tell your brothers and sisters that you love them. Every time. She'd say, go in there and tell them you love them. And then she'd say, because you might not ever see them again. Well, now that's good. And that's bad. You know, you think about that. I want to say I love you. But then she says, you might not ever see him again. It's like, okay, I'm probably not going to go now. I'm going to stay right here. But that's, she instilled and she drilled that into all of us. And so even to this day, when me and my brothers and sisters, we talk or we're together, we never, ever leave one another without telling each and every one of them, hey, I love you. Never. Not even a quick conversation. If we don't, I, 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 I got to go. Bye, I love you. It's instilled. And one of the reasons we can say that to them is because we truly do love each other. And, um, and, and love means when you really truly love somebody, it means you laugh when they laugh. When they're happy, you're happy. When they're sad, you're sad. When they cry, you cry. You feel the love. Hallelujah. But that's, my mom done that to us, and thank God for her. She's in heaven right now looking down. Mom, I hope you're uh, having a wonderful day. I know you are because you're with Jesus. But she drilled that into us. I want to say uh, thank the Lord for Billy Cummins and Nicole. They have two small children, and one of them is back there now. But both, I guess both here. But Billy's my neighbor. Now, see, that's good. You can love a neighbor like Billy and Pastor Lucas. You can love those kinds of neighbors, right? But they have two small children that they are just so full of love that it's, it's unreal. And so I told them, that, and, and they won't walk up to you either without giving you a big hug. And when they get ready to leave, they give you a big hug. And I told, uh, I, I told Abigail, I said, I know where you got all that from. She said, where, Mr. Tim? I said, you got it from your dad and you got it from your mom. That's where it comes from. Hallelujah. That's where it comes from. What you're teaching them and then they, they learn it. And so that's what Christ is. Christ wants us to be like a small child. And when I see them, it makes me feel like, hey, I need to go back to I'm seven, six, seven. 
where I can have that kind of love. Too many times I think we look at people, somebody don't look right, they don't act right, they don't do right, or they're not being right. And, and it's hard to love somebody that you feel like you can't love. But we need to get to a place where Jesus is saying, we need to love one another. Unconditionally, amen? So this week, and, and you, like I said, the times have changed. Uh, I, I kind of hate it for some of the, the younger generation, the kids that are 15, 20 or whatever. They don't know about some of the, the, the real love that we kind of felt when I was young, a long time ago. But uh, you, the world's just changing to such a fast pace. and it's, I think it's even hard sometimes for us to tell one another, we love you. Y'all have you ever noticed that? See, I tell just about everybody I love them. I don't have to even know them. And, but God did that to me. But you say, how can you tell somebody that when you don't know them? Okay, because when Christ filled my heart and filled it with his love, I don't care who they are, what they look like, or what I've done, I still can love them. But, so, just this week, I was, we were coming, I was riding around the turnabout at Ocean Isle. You know the turnabouts. Some people know how to use them, some people don't know how to use them. <laughs> so I had plenty of clear space, and I'm, so I'm pulling out, and this, this car comes around there. I guess I, some people just try to see how fast they can go around it, you know what I mean? And he's like on two wheels and almost ran into the side and back of me. And I'm like, oh, my God, I had plenty of room. And anyway, he went around me, rolled his window down, shoved his arm and everything out, and gave me the number one sign. <laughs> and I waved at him real big, the big thumbs up, thank you. That was so nice of him. Boy, that man was in a hurry. And then so two times this one week, and Kathy asked her, what are you doing? We were coming back in Charleston. We went camping last uh, weekend, weekend in Charleston. And same thing, three lanes. And I was actually speeding five miles an hour faster, y'all. And this car pulls up beside. I don't know what kind of muffler he had, but it couldn't have come from Black's tire. But he hit the gas and scared the fire out of me and rolled the window down. The whole arm comes out and tells me I'm number one again. And I said again, I love you. That's where we got to get. I didn't know that many people loved me out there, didn't even know me. <laughs> Hallelujah. So watch out around them roundabouts, there's a lot of love. <laughs> but, you know, this day and time, I, I feel like that, we're, like I said, we're so busy and we're at such a fast pace. And, and I'm speaking because I can speak this. But back in the old days, I remember my mom and dad, we'd all load up the car. Like I said, all seven head. You put nine people in one car, you're doing good. Yeah. And we're going to see Uncle Ray or Uncle Johnny or Aunt, Aunt you know, Judy and, or just going to see Jim from church. And we'd go spend time and, and, and sit out on the porch. Back then days, we didn't even have air conditioner. Sit out on the porch and just talk about things. Have a cup of coffee and love. And I still remember the feeling when we left. You know, you had that loving feeling. This was so good to be able to spend time loving one another. But nowadays, we're so busy in this fast pace, we don't even go see anybody anymore to be able to share those feelings. There's something about being together that expresses love. Now, we don't even have time to call them. You know what we do? We shoot them a text. Hello. Thank you. Love you. Goodbye. And maybe, I mean, a peace sign, happy sign, heart sign. So... When I started texting, 
I didn't know that when you text somebody, you can't text them in all capital letters. Were you mad at me? No. I was trying to be good. But we kept, we're so busy, we just text or, you know what I mean? I don't think it's going to be long before they do away with telephone altogether. We need to be together sometimes even more to express love. That's the way I feel. But I remember the good old days. We need to get back to the good old days. Amen. Let's look in John 3.16. Everybody knows John 3.16. If you don't, it's one of the most powerful verses in the Bible. And one of the greatest verses in the Bible. John 3.16, if you will. Okay. For God so loved the world. So I'm reading the I did mine first. Verse 16. All right, for this is how we, this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son so that everyone, everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. Everyone. So He gave His Son. God gave His Son so that you could have hope. God gave His one and only Son so that you could live for eternity with Him. How hard that must have been to do. Could you give your son for me? Could you give your son up for someone else? Son's life? Could you give your own life for someone else? But God had to do it, and he did it. Also like, look at verse 17. So God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. See, so God knew that the only way that you could be saved was him to sacrifice his one and only son so that you could be saved. So he had to give up the greatest thing that he had so that you could have something. And that's what God did. And we know the story of what Jesus did. Look in verse 18. He says, There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. Did you get that? There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. I've thought about that verse many times because it's the, it's the very, very truth. See, we're, we judge, we're, we're judging ourselves, not that God judges, we judge ourselves when we can't believe in His Son. So we condemned ourselves when God said he never condemned you. Amen. I remember back in the days when I was running from the Lord and running from the Lord. But I felt the Holy Spirit and I felt the Lord. And I knew that I needed to get with him. But I was still running because I wasn't ready yet. But I could feel and know that God was right there. But I knew I needed to get back with him. I knew it without a doubt. But I was judging myself. I would say, God, you, you can't do anything with me. There's no way that you can probably straighten me out. Or there's no way that... How can you love me when I, when I don't even deserve God to be loved by you? And that's, that's the, way, the way a lot of people get. We can't see how he can even love me because of how I am and who I am. But we got to look. That, that's not the way God thinks. You're his one and only the same way. We're going to get to that too if i got time. How much time do I have? Praise the Lord. i got one more hour. 
At least he didn't say no. Like he did the time I was speaking. I said, I think I'm going to sing a song. And Pastor Luke said, no. So I got a little time. So let me finish this verse up. It says, so God's one and only son. It said, verse 19, if you're with me. And the judgment is based on the fact that God's light came into the world. But people love the darkness more than the light. For their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for the fear their sins will be exposed. There's the kicker. But those who do what is right come to the light so that others can see that they are doing what God wants. See, that's what's so hard sometimes if we're not walking with the Lord. Or maybe we never made the decision for Christ because we feel like somebody's going to know what my sins are or what I've done wrong. And you, like I said, sometimes you feel like, hey, how can God save me? How can God love me the way I am? The things I do wrong. God knows all about it. And the good thing about Christ, what I found out through the years, is when I think about Jesus, or I just think about him when I see him, and I can close my eyes, all I can see him with his arms open wide. He's trying to reach out for everyone in the whole entire world and love them and embrace them. And so... You may be the only Jesus that someone else sees. I don't think there's probably any of you, and I'm sure you, I know there's not, that have had, ever had Jesus come sit down or speak to you in the person. No, not yet. If you think you have, you're just a little confused. Not in the flesh this time, but he will, you will be with him one day. But what I'm trying to say is, you, 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 you feel Jesus, you experience Jesus, you know about Jesus' love, you know he's there. But there's a lot of people in this world that have never had the presence of Jesus. They've never had any, feel like any of the love of Jesus. So that's what Jesus uses you for. And you know, you don't always have to go and preach the gospel. All you got to do is just do what we're talking about right now. All you got to do is show them your unconditional love. Because see, your love came from Christ. Your love came from God. And until we truly, like I say, Truly, truly, the more you fall in love with Christ, the more you can love other people. It's kind of like baking a cake. I've never, well, I'll tell you about it. I never baked a cake, but I can make some great zucchini bread, y'all. But I call that a cake. But let me tell you, I can put, I, I have, to, have to Google up and get the ingredients every time because if I don't, yeah. yeah. So every time I pull it up and I do it, that when you make that zucchini bread, and, and when I make that zucchini bread, it's delicious. But if I forget the sugar in it, man, you throw it in the trash. And you better throw it in the trash. Because I've messed up probably more than I've done right. So, if you're missing one thing, the most important ingredient, it can mess everything up. God's love is that most important ingredient. When you have that, you can share your zucchini bread with everybody. People in this world need love. Tina Turner died this week, and y'all remember her song, right? What's love got to do with it? <laughs> I'm not going to sing it, but <laughs> she could sing it. What's love? But she could really sing it. So, now look at Romans 5.3. Go back to Romans. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Romans. Um, 
So, we're going to look at Romans. Sometimes in your life, do you feel like the problems, there's problems, there's things that happen, there's things that can hinder your love? Um, we're, going to, we're going to look at a little bit here and see if this helps us. But there are situations and problems and things in life they can really, I guess, change the way you feel about people. They can change the way you feel about things. They can change the way you feel about yourself. They can change your blood pressure. But let me tell you, true love will do this every time. It will lower your blood pressure. I'm serious. Watch what, look here in Romans. So he says, in Romans uh, chapter 5, verse 3, says, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. Don't we have a wonderful God? See, when we accept Him into our hearts, He sends the Holy Spirit to live inside of you to help you because He knows that you need help. And the Holy Spirit, when He comes inside of you, the Holy Spirit, and most of the time, is the one that's, I would say most of the time, but to speak into your mind. is correcting you, is helping you. That's, believe it or not, I, a lot of times we should pray for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, I need your help because He guides you. Your Holy Spirit, I believe, is a lot of times the one that tells you when you did somebody wrong and you didn't feel right, and the Holy Spirit says, oops, you need to get that right. The Holy Spirit might be with someone, look, maybe you, you uh, said something wrong to someone. And it didn't come out quite right. Because I know Christians don't ever say anything wrong. It always just don't come out right. That's what I always say. And then when I make mistakes sometimes, I'll, my, my wife or she makes one, I'll say something. But if I say she made a mistake or she did something, she'll look at me and she'll go, Okay, Mr. Perfect. I'm Mr. Perfect. Because she knows that I'm so far away from being Mr. Perfect. That that gets me. And then I said, okay, well, maybe you were right. <laughs> but look what he says. Your Holy Spirit, y'all, we need the help of the Holy Spirit. I do more and more every day. In verse 6 it says, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time. Anybody hear that? Not, not the right time, but at just the right time when Christ came. Because when Christ came to me, I can promise you it was just the right time. But he says he came just the right time. And he says, for us sinners. Now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person. Though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed us his great love for us by sending in Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. All right, so Christ died for you. Christ died for me. And he, he, I didn't deserve for him to die for me. But he did. Most of you might say you don't deserve for Christ, for him to die for you, but he did. But if you had to die for someone to save them, would you, could you do it? I'm going to be honest with you right now. If, if God had asked me to die for you, I don't honestly know if I would say yes. 
I'm just, I might as well be honest because God knows what I'm thinking. But if he had me to die for you, of course I'll say yeah. But when it came down to the point where maybe I need to, I might would die for my wife. I might would die for my daughter. I, well, I know I would. I would you too, baby. But, but what I'm saying is, I don't know if I could die for you. I know you want me to say I can, and I'll say I will. But you remember what happened to Peter when Peter denied Christ. But see, Christ already knew that Peter, what he was going to do before he did it. He knew that he was going to deny him. Peter didn't know that he knew that he was going to be denying him, but he did. But when I think about that story, I think about when Peter, after it's all, you know how bad he must have felt when he did it, and then and he did it, then you know he had to feel horrible about it. And then when Jesus, when Jesus came back and Jesus asked him, he said, Do you love me? That hurt him more than anything. And he had to ask him three times, didn't he? He said, you know I love you? He said, well, if you love me, he said, you know that I love you. Yes, he knew that he loved him. But he said, feed my sheep. You know why? Because it was important for the love that was still in Peter, that where he rejected or denied Christ, for that love to still come out for you. And you and you. See, you have to share your love to everyone else or as many people as you can. At least pick out one person to love somebody. But the more love you share and show, that love is, I think love is like when you walk, when you paint something. True love is like when you're painting something, if it's not dry and you touch it, guess what? You get the paint on you. Your love can be just like that. I'm, I'm a builder and I know that you can be painting a room and that's always when the homeowner shows up. And the first thing they say, is it wet? And they got paint all over them. But that's like your love. If you, if, when you express your love to someone, especially those that need it. Uh, there's a lot of people that need love. And you know the Holy Spirit will show you when someone's actually hurting sometimes. The Holy Spirit will show you when someone's in a desperate need. The Holy Spirit will show you when someone's lost. And then that's when you desperately need to sh share your love so that they'll have that love of Christ in them. Amen? Thank God for the Holy Spirit. So I just want to I'm gonna finish reading that real quick, and I think I'm about done. All right, so let's look at, just jump down to verse 11. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationships with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends. Everybody in here have friends? Yes. Um, anybody here have friends? <laughs> Okay. Y'all, it's okay. You can talk. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I want to read you a prayer that uh, Jesus prayed right before his death. So, so what we're talking about, like I said, is true love, like agape love, unconditional love, without condition. And the greatest love that could be. But Jesus right now knows he's getting ready to be crucified. And so he's going to pray to God. So the first prayer is going to be he's praying for his disciples. And then the second prayer he's praying for me and you. So I want you to know your, your life was on his mind. 
at the time that he was praying. <clears throat> so, um, <clears throat> excuse me, 17. So it would be John 17, verse 1. Jesus praying for his disciples. After saying all these things, Jesus looked up into heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so that he can give glory back to you. For you have given great authority over everyone. <clears throat> he gives eternal life to each one you have given him. And this is the way to have eternal life. To know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to the earth. I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. I have revealed to you the ones you gave to me from this world. They were always yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything I have is a gift from you. For I have passed on to them the message you gave me. They accepted it and know that I came from you. And they believed you sent me. My prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me, because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you, and you have given them to me. So bring me to bring me glory. So they bring me glory. Now I am departing from this world. They are staying in this world, but I am coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united <clears throat> just as we are. <clears throat> Excuse me. During my time, so Jesus said, during my time here, I protected them by the power of the name that you gave me. I guarded them so that no one was lost except the one headed for destruction as the scriptures foretold. Now I am coming to you and I told them many things while I was with them in this world so that they would be filled with my joy. I have given them your word and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. I'm asking you to take them out of the world but to not asking you to take them out of the world but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Jesus prayed that for his disciples. Now look. It's another first one, and then I'll pray for us. But so to finish up for the disciples, he says, Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you have sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so that they can be made holy by your truth. Now, that was for his disciples. Now he's praying for you. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will be all in one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me. Father, I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me to be one as we are one. I am them and you are me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you have sent me and that you love them as much as you love 
me. Father, I want to those that you have given me to be with me where I am. And they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. Oh, righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know that you have sent me. I have revealed you to them. And I will continue to do so when your love for me will be in them. And I will be in them. See where Jesus is wanting us to get? The love that he has for us and the love that he has placed in us, it can only come through Christ. But he wants us to love one another just as in his prayer that we just read because he was saying that Jesus and the Father are one. Their spirit, we are one with the Father, he was saying. And that's how much he loves you today. Even for his death, he had you on his mind. And he was asking God to protect you, but to fill you with his love. To fill your hearts with God's love. And so that we could be one with Christ and God, and that we could love one another and be one even all together. So if you think about it, there's, I don't know how many people's in this room today, but we are still all one. God wants us to love each other unconditionally. The love of Christ is the greatest thing that you could ever have. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I just thank you, God. Lord, without you, we don't have any hope. Lord, without you, we don't have any love. But Jesus, you have come. And Jesus, you gave your life so that we could believe in you. Lord, I know you said that to believe in you and to accept you, we have eternal life. And Lord, you also said that when we don't do that, that we actually condemn ourselves and we reject you. But God, how could we reject someone like you that loves us so much? Father, I pray that if there's someone in this room today, Lord, that maybe just feels like they're not worthy. Maybe they feel like, God, there's no way that you could love them. Maybe they feel like my sins might be exposed. or Maybe they just feel like I can't do this or maybe they feel like I'm scared that I will, even if I try, I'll fail. Father, I pray right now that you touch the heart of these people, God. That, Lord, you just tell them right now, don't worry about that. Because you love them so much. You want them to be one with you. And the God, that show them that, Lord, that you can carry them where they can't even carry themselves, God. Jesus, show them that you can carry them. Show them that, Lord, your love is the most important thing and, and just to be able to accept you will change their lives forever and will give them a life of eternity to be with you. And, Lord, that also they can be one with you. Lord, we love you. We thank you for dying, Jesus, for us. Holy Spirit, we thank you for living within us and helping us every day with our shortcomings and helping us just to even 
even fall even more in love with you, Jesus. Thank you so much. Thank you for giving us the gift. And today it is the precious gift, the gift of love. With every eye closed today, would there be someone here today who would say, you know why I believe today is the day that I want to accept Jesus Christ? Would there be one of you in here today that would say, I want to hold up my hand and say, Jesus, I trust you. Would there be one that would say, Jesus, forgive me. Father, forgive me, but receive me, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Lord, thank you. Lord, I thank you again for your awesome love. Help us, Lord, to encourage one another. Help us, Lord, to love one another. And, Lord, we bless your holy name and we praise you. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Happy Memorial Day tomorrow. When you see somebody, it's okay to tell them you love them, even if you don't know them. Well, we hope this podcast has blessed you. In case you didn't know, we are in the middle of renovating a brand new facility right here in Brunswick County, North Carolina. So listen, two things. Please take a moment and pray for us. Also, if you'd like to give to the ministry, sign on to the website at mycoastalchurch.com slash giving. Hey, have a wonderful, wonderful day. Grace and peace.